And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's Saturday night, Matt. We're back again with all of our friends out there in internet land. We're started a little after 10, but still around 10. Still around 10. It's 10 somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, all aboard, Chemdog. I agree. Uh, the chat's here. We're just getting started. Uh, back again for another week of the comic multiverse. We don't have a ton of news this week, but this is uh, kind of an interesting week because we actually get to go back and talk about some stories that we mentioned before because shit has actually evolved, and I like that doing a <laughs> weekly show, we get to do this sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, there's new developments uh, for things that happen, and it, it's good as well because they usually happen like the day before we do the show sometimes yep. sometimes we'll get unlucky and it'll happen like an hour after we do the show but yeah yeah matt and i figured out a long time ago we were never going to be on the cutting edge of news nah but every so often we get lucky and we get a chance to actually follow up on a story like real deal journalists and speaking of following up uh, let's follow up with you matt how's your week been not too bad not too bad uh, i've been playing a lot of Baldur's gate so um, is everyone. Yeah, yeah, to the combined, like, time of everyone is, like, 1,200 years or something. Yeah, I feel like I really missed out not getting that at the beginning of the month when I did, especially because <laughs> I got that new solid state drive for the PS5. I guess what I know, what I'm getting next paycheck. Yeah, I absolutely get it. I can't, re can't recommend it enough. It's it's amazing. It's, it's so good other developers are actually getting scared. Like, oh, no, I don't think we'll ever make anything this good. <laughs> yeah, so don't expect this from us. I'm like, why not? You could just, which, you know, put the time and effort into. Which, I mean, that's true of, like, you know, a lot of art in general. You don't see it happen all the time. But every so often, someone, be it an album, be it a movie, be it a TV show or a game, someone really does make a masterpiece. And a lot of other artists are like, no, I'll never make anything that good. <laughs> like, I remember when the first Portal came out, they're like, ah, it's form and function and comedy and music and it all works so well together. Fuck. <laughs> I'll never make anything that good. San Andreas, we'll never make anything this big or interactive ever again. <laughs> no, we'll just port Red Dead Redemption onto newer consoles and charge full price for it, even though it's not a remaster or anything. It's just a straight port. Man, man, I was like half following that story because I'm like, look, man, I'm not playing the first Red Dead again. I played it enough times. But oh, boy, if you heard a, a thousand angry, nerdy voices call out in pain and then be silent, that's what it was. <laughs> it's also sad, too, because this confirms what a lot of people felt. And that is like, oh, Rockstar, you don't actually give a shit about Red Dead at all, do you? You're making too much money on GTA Online. Yeah, and that, that was evidence with Red Dead Redemption, too. They like put that game out and then like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about the online because it's not going to make as much money as this gta online because we can't like monetize everything about everything. it and that sucks so bad because yeah. the actual online components were so much yeah. better you could actually like do story missions on your own mm -hmm. you didn't need a whole team it would help you and i think you would get more experience but you could enjoy so much more of it on your own mm -hmm. and you know it was all put together and there was cutscenes and there was all this other stuff and it felt really good and i'm like you know what this is this is just a testing ground for gta 6 is what it is they're gonna take the stuff they learned from there and they're gonna put it into gta 6 somehow i don't think so i think they'll just learn it did not make money people do not want these story based missions just do gta fetch quest missions where I you know. get like 200 dollars towards the 40 million dollar car you yeah, want to buy 
one of the worst economies there. And also, Ugh. you know, r- Ritalin addled 12 year olds blowing you up with rocket launchers and flying bikes everywhere you go. Ugh. I think they've actually cut back on that. I think that was Have one of the one thing they like, they like decided that, like, okay, we're going to take some of these things out of multiplayer because people are just abusing them. It took them a long time to do that, but yeah. yeah. Well, well, here's hoping they take some of the good ideas from, uh, what is it from red dead 2 for gta 6 because yeah i mean that that was just an online mode that was sent out to die in such a shame yeah. i had a lot of fun with it when i did it was great it was and you could tell they're just like oh yeah we have so many ideas in mind actually no we don't we're totally gonna stop <laughs> i i think after moonshining that was the thing you could be a moonshiner mm-hmm. and that was the last thing they had yeah yeah moonshiner or like a oh fuck what was it it was like some type of hunter or something yeah i uh, well, there was a couple hunters. There was the big game hunter, mm. and then there was also like an Indiana Jones hunter of antiquities. Yeah, that's the one I remember coming out new. But yeah, you, you could you could make the most money doing that if you had like mm-hmm. a pre if you had someone already put a map together for you, you could find all the items in one day, and it was the only good way to make a ton of money. But it would take like four goddamn real world hours to Ugh. do it. Ugh. Let, let me just say, I did it a couple times, and I got a lot of podcasts listened to while I did it. Because <laughs> there's no horse radio. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, what I've been up to. I've been keeping busy and everything there. Uh, made hamburgers tonight from nice, scratch. That's nice. always fun. It's always good, yeah. I, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, freaking Kitchen Nightmares again, because they're all free <laughs> on YouTube now. Yeah. <laughs> And I wondered, like, why the hell are these all free on YouTube now? And then I actually looked into it. Kitchen Nightmares is coming back on Fox for the first time in, like, a decade next month. Oh, okay. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay, he's back again, going into more kitchens. Dirty, dirty, dirty pig boys. Oh, wow. Not on my watch. I'm even older now. <laughs> It's so great to watch the evolution of that show because you see the British ones when he's not that big a star and he doesn't swear that much and he's with them for like a solid month in the kitchen with them because he can't afford like a team or anything. And he actually helps them. And he really like gets, yeah, not just with the food stuff, he helps with the business side of things where he's like, look, you know, I'm going over your books and you just can't be doing this. And that's the British one. Then in the American one, he does much the same thing, only, you know, it's more shouting, more, you know, crazy editing, more swearing, because, you know, he's a bigger star now and he can get away with this. Till eventually that last one, 24 Hours in Hell, where it seemed like he was saying, you know what, I'm sick of going to all these go-nowhere middle American towns and being here for several weeks. We're going to do it in 24 hours. I'm going to turn your fucking restaurant around. He also did a show uh, where he would do that with hotels. Yes, Hotel Hell. That that yeah. one was short lived. I think that yeah. one only lasted two seasons. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it, it was it was good. I I liked the episodes I, I saw, too. but like, yeah, it's like, why the fuck is he going into like hotels and like telling them how to run a hotel? He's a fucking chef. <laughs> well, I think the idea is, is if you go to school for it, it's all hotel restaurant management. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's all under the same banner. It's all hospitality. So basically, if you can do one, you can do the other. And also, as a dude who friggin' traveled around the world doing all these shows, I'm sure he stayed in a lot of hotels, so mm-hmm. he knows what's good. Mm-hmm. There, there's another British show there, The Hotel Inspector. Apparently, that's still around, actually. So I guess, if anything, Ramsey was kind of ripping off that show. <laughs> Only it was like a Mary Poppins lady who would come around and go, oh, this is dreadful. What are we going to do? <laughs> and then she'd do something about it. <laughs> Felt like there was a real British invasion of television for a minute. There was that. There was all those nanny shows. Yeah. Remember them? 
yeah the early in like the early 2000s and like mid 2000s yeah you had all yeah. that like i i think um super nanny Br- britain's nanny got talent Mm, yeah, there was a big British invasion of TV. I mean, I guess it's still here now because people still watch uh, freaking, what is it, Bake Off. People prefer mm. the British Bake Off to any other Bake Off. Because they know how to cook. There you go. <laughs> they prefer it. And also because it's just so nice and wholesome. Yeah. The the British run the baking shows and the Australians run the cartoons about dogs side of the entertainment industry. Yeah, we we have a lot of, like, cooking shows here as well master chef and all all those type of shows like they're so big over here same with same with those fucking bachelor shows yeah and bachelorette shows yeah they they, and they're getting so weird now there's like (coughs) milf island and yeah because you gotta find an angle yeah just so 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 many of them and they're all the same they're all the same yeah of course as they have oh cruise shows were big for a second there below deck oh yeah all these yeah. people and what they're doing uh bondi beach wasn't there like a big mm-hmm. bondi beach show there for a while yeah bondi rescue i think it's still going i'm not too sure my my, uh, my mom got so fucking into bondi rescue she really wanted to go to australia i think she binged like the first like 12 or so seasons like in a couple months even that show was like the same thing happened every episode a tourist didn't pay attention to the signs mm-hmm. we got to go rescue yep. them and empty their lungs full of water that they decided to drink (laughs) (laughs) look we're just saying australia isn't a regular vacation it's a vacation on a hard mode it's dark side it's dark souls rules and you didn't follow (laughs) you gotta learn to roll and dodge (laughs) if you want to have fun here and chicken schnitty means chicken schnitzel as i discovered from watching that it does so many fun words Now, uh, I guess with that, we can uh, hop into the news for this week. And admittedly, there's not a ton of stories this week. Actually, you know, before we even do that, I forgot, too, we need to do our ad for the week. Because we are once again sponsored by the great uh, Omari Malik, who's helping us out. Uh, his book, Black Tooth Battalion, you may remember we uh, hyped up the Kickstarter back when that was a thing. Uh, volume 1 got funded, got made, and now you can actually purchase individual copies. You can get the physical copies over at Amazon, and you can get digital copies, uh, either the whole collection or or whichever individual book you like, over at blacktoothpublishing.com. Now, we talked about Ad Astra last week. We talked about Dogpile the week uh, before that. Now we have the third book in the collection, and that is Snakebite. And while the other two were more traditional hero stories, this is a little bit more of an anti-hero story, Matt. It is, yes. Yeah, Snakebite follows the adventures of O, a young man who just got out of juvenile detention. He's trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. He's at a real crossroads. And in doing so, he decides to get some snake tattoos to commemorate the occasion. But, oh, wait, those snake tattoos turn into real snakes because turns out he has superpowers. I hate when that happens. I know, right? If I had a nickel for every time my tattoos turned into real snakes... Uh, what's cool about this is that, you know, when uh, Omari put together this whole, like, press package and everything for me, uh, he was sure to also add here, you know, what the target audience and target demographic was for the series. And for Snakebite, he said that, you know, he really wanted to rec- uh, direct this series specifically to fans of drill music, anti-heroes, and people mm. who may or may not be rebellious teenagers themselves. And I think that's another really great way in which Omari puts all this together. Because, yeah, to sell a book, to sell a series, to sell anything in art, 
you got to know your audience. And if any of that sounds interesting to you, I think you'll definitely enjoy this. It also it also looks great, too. The art on this looks really professional quality. It, it looks like something you might see on the shelf and something you might very well at some point. Yeah, it, all these books look fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So check that out down in the description down below. Like I said, you can go to Amazon. You can go directly to Amari's store. Uh, pick up a copy for yourself. It gets the uh, Comic Multiverse seal of approval. I think you're going to like it. And hey, remember Omari's name because there's a good chance you'll probably be hearing from him again in some capacity. He's got a he's got a lot of buzz. He's got a lot of scuttlebutt. Mm. Even Scott Snyder and the like, as I mentioned last week, know his name. And he's doing great work, and I want to continue to see him succeeding in the future. And the book is Snakebite again. Absolutely, yeah. Go go check them out. They're all fantastic. They all look fantastic. And again, like we said before, it it's a creator who actually has the thing there ready mm -hmm. for you. It's they're not telling you to like go support this Kickstarter to make it's it happen. Done. It's already done. It's already there, ready for you to buy. Yep the the work is done, so you don't have to, and that's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of, you know, uh, what is it? People ask us all the time, you know, to help support their Kickstarter projects. And I'd love to help every project that I could. But a lot of the time, it's like, it seems like you have an idea and a dream mm -hmm. here and not much else. I've gotten a couple of emails recently about stuff like that, where it's like, okay, yeah, you've got a Kickstarter, but like, it's, you don't actually have anything. It's just the idea. Yeah. And, I, I, and you again, want 50 I, grand for it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. We're artists. We're passionate people. You get excited. And sometimes, you know, you let your dreams get ahead of yourself. But this, you know, is a project that has all the pieces. It's all together. And it's something that I definitely wanted to support mm -hmm. because of that. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, everyone, I guess we can hop into the news officially for this week. Again, not a ton of stories, but definitely some stories that we're checking back up on. Uh, if you'll recall last week, we were both confused at the idea that, uh, according to Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman 3 was still in active development and that she was working with James Gunn and Peter Safran, or Stefran, or how do you pronounce his last name S again? S Safran? S Safran S or something? I I want to call him Saffron. I'm like, oh, like the spice, but I don't think it's like the spice. <laughs> well, again, that's what we were talking about. And, you know, Matt and I said, this doesn't make much sense. Feels like you should probably just, you know, rip the Band-Aid off. If you're going to do a reboot, you might as well do a full reboot. What an odd choice. Maybe <laughs> they maybe just maybe they were trying to be nice to her because she kept coming back for all those cameos. Now, though, the story has changed completely and sources from all the big entertainment websites close to Warner Brothers and close to the powers that be have come out and said, yeah, they're not developing a new Wonder Woman movie at all. That's the whole point of that Paradise Island show. Why would they want to develop another Wonder Woman movie when they're already changing everything from the ground up? That's exactly what I said was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So what we have here is a really interesting case of, you know, he said, she said, well, mainly she said in this situation being Gal Gadot. And I have two theories I wanted to run by you, Matt, and tell me which one you think. Theory the first, she did indeed take a meeting with James Gunn and uh, Peter S., and it was a really good meeting, so good, in fact, she came out of it saying, oh, yeah, we're totally going to develop it. Oh, yeah, they said we had such a good meeting. I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to develop Wonder Woman 3. Maybe they were, like we said, just trying to be nice and let her down soft and be like, oh, you know, you've done so much and you're so great. No, we definitely want to do something with you down the line, you know, down the line, you know, maybe you could be something else somewhere. And maybe she just misinterpreted that to mean that, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman 3 is definitely a go or... And here's my second theory, and this is this is where we get into sneaky fucker territory. 
is where we get into. Obviously, we're in the middle of a of a writer actor strike right now. So no one is allowed to promote anything. No one's allowed mm -hmm. to talk about anything. No one can really be in the news. Was Gal Gadot getting a little sneaky using her special elite black ops skills to try and keep herself in the entertainment press and keep people talking about her at a time when she can't talk about herself? By telling Porky Pies, by just making up a fucking story. I 100% believe that second one as well, because I think, like, because of the 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 whole SAG Afro stuff, I don't think, and I don't think he has since. Uh, James Gunn can't respond because that's actually talking about things yes. that could be in development. And, you know, you can't talk about things that are uh, coming up or being promoted or stuff like that. So I think, yeah, it was definitely her trying to do that and trying to keep herself in the spotlight through this so when it comes out they can then talk about it but as well it's it's interesting to note that like since this whole gun thing started and he's he's rebooting the universe it's really interesting to note that all or most of the the dceu actors or whenever it comes up to talk about them those are the people who always seem to be muddying the waters when it comes yeah. to this sort of stuff like Gun is very straightforward and all his people are very straightforward. It's like, no, it's a mm -hmm. reboot. We've got a new Superman. We're getting going to get a new Batman sometime down the line. Makes sense. We're going to get a new Wonder Woman, a new, all these other Flash, all these other characters. But all these, you know, people that Snyder hired and the old, you know, uh, directors and, and execs hired just keep muddying the water. It's like, oh yeah, no, I'm coming back. I was told I was coming back or we, I've took taken meetings with James Gunn or, you know, stuff like that. It's all these people just keep muddying the waters for some reason. You know what I think it is? I think it's the old tried and true tactic of negotiating in the press for a mm. better deal. If you make people think there's going to be a movie, especially these DCU Snyderverse people, let them know mm. that there might be a chance of another movie and of that universe potentially continuing, they're going to do what they always do and harass people in power until eventually it happens. It happened one time. They literally harassed a whole movie studio mm. into getting a ridiculous three hour long cut put on streaming. So I wonder if they're kind of drunk on their own sense of power. Now, some of these actors are being like, Oh, I can just say whatever I want. And then eventually, you know, perception is reality and it happens anyway. And I get paid again. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it makes me think that like, it's, it's kind of like fucked up in that type of way. Cause they're not like, they're not relying on their like skills as an actor yeah. or as like, you know, uh, a creative to get roles because to me, it's like, okay, I do a job. I do a good job. I'll probably mm. be asked to come back. They're not doing that way. They're relying on it's like, okay, I'll do a job. Maybe it didn't go so well. Maybe it suddenly happened. Oh, I'll just like turn to fans and get them to harass people into making me come back or Cause something. Because like, like it's one thing to have a real honest, you know, wholesome grassroots thing mm -hmm. to try and help you make a project happen by mm -hmm. trying to show those in power that there's an audience for it. But yeah, this reeks of like water muddying. This reeks of like, you know, weird, yeah. you know, backroom psychological tactics and everything. And I truly don't understand it. And all I can think is like, man, you could probably do a whole documentary or do a lot of books about the goings on behind the scenes of Warner Brothers Oof. right now. Jesus, could you? <laughs> It it gets even weirder too because like for a lot of those stars, your Ben Afflecks, your Gal Gadot's, and everything else, they weren't just starring in those movies. Their production companies Producing. also had 
yeah. were producing. They were also all producers and had a major stake in those movies. And I wonder, you know, is that the actor talking or is that the producer talking mm-hmm. when they say stuff like that? Yeah, they 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 wanted more contracts or something for their company, so they they look good. Their the production company looks like they're getting work or something. Yeah. It's it's very weird. It's very very weird. And all I can think is like, gal, c- 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 can I call you gal? We we had something beautiful and wonderful together for like fifteen minutes in that first Wonder Woman movie. But I think it would be best for all of us and the children. I I don't know who the children are in this allegory. If we went our separate ways and just had a nice clean break right now, we'll we'll still see you around. I'm sure we'll see you in that Cleopatra movie that you're making at some point. What if like because because Gunn has said that like he he has toyed with the idea of maybe bringing some of like the old cast back as like newer characters yeah. or like somewhere else in the do, do do you reckon maybe that was what it was like they met with her and they 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 would you like to they, play someone else yeah would you or would you like a, a role in this and she took she took that as like oh i'm gonna be wonder woman again quite possibly because it's like hey we told jason momoa he could be lobo and ride a space motorcycle and he jumped at the option <laughs> and hey we, we fan cast it last week it's like okay so you know gal comes back now she's queen apolita or gal gadot comes back now she's the voice of hera god of the amazons yeah yeah someone like that yeah i think that would be fun if they did it that way that way it's like look you're in but you're not really in you're a voice now but you know it's like hey thank you for being a good sport for all those other things exactly yeah yeah and and again they're like just muddying the waters to just like it, it if it is if it is indeed that and and we're right about them sort of misconstruing getting another role to them returning as the character they were it feels a little childish because it's like no i want to play this character this important character not this other character mm. It feels a little childish. You know, if if it is true, do you think it maybe also comes from a place of fear where they're like, look, superhero movies aren't going anywhere right now. I want to be connected to a franchise. I want to be connected to these franchise movies because they're basically the only movies that make it to theaters these days mm-hmm. with any sort of promotion. Is this like, you know, grabbing on for dear life? And I'm like, don't let me go. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they they want that franchise. They want that Marvel money, that Robert Downey Jr. Marvel money where he had... He had like a good solid 10 years where he, he he had job security for days. Look, I need this or I need to get into a Fast and the Furious or a John Wick or something. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, Gal Gadot is in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Hilariously. Yeah. <laughs> well, then in that case, stop being greedy, Gal. He already got a franchise. Yeah, but I'm not a big yeah. one in that franchise. I'm not one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, hey, we mentioned John Wick. Don't worry, John Wick can fuck it all up too. Did you see they cast Mel Gibson as the villain in that Continental show yeah, that's coming yeah. soon? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, yeah, that's not like you probably shouldn't have cast him, but at the same time, he's playing a villain. I mean, yeah, hire a real life villain to play a villain. <laughs> You know? I mean, I guess like that's the worst thing about it. I'm like, oh no, they're casting Mel Gibson in this thing. Oh no, he's a like well-known anti-Semite and wife abuser and everything. He might also be perfect for the role. He might also turn in a great uh, performance. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> like if they just tell him, it's like, look, now you you talk to young, uh, what is it, freaking a uh, black bard over here? You talk to young guy over here, like you would your ex-wife. I bent over backwards for you, John Wick, with my balls in a knot. <laughs> <laughs> We just had a crisis of faith. Did you notice that? <laughs> just, you know, 
they just get him good and liquored up and just have him yell at the guy who's supposed to be playing a uh, freaking young Swidgen over there. <laughs> I, I like, I'm not calling him by his fucking name. I'm just like, you know, the guy, the guy, <laughs> young version of the guy. Uh, but yeah, this is this is very interesting. And you know who's been really quiet of all these DC actors, which makes me think that he already does feel pretty good of the fact that he's going to be taken care of on the back end. Jason Momoa. Yeah, well, I, as well, he's got a movie coming out, so so he still has to be, you know, somewhat somewhat playing ball. We we say he has a movie coming out, but we again have not heard word one about Aquaman too. It's Sh I, I Schrodinger's Aquaman, yeah. <laughs> It really is. I see it on all these lists of like coming soon movies. Yeah, because it's and meant to come out in like what three or four months, something like that. I keep seeing it on all these lists of movies coming soon. I'm like, we have not heard word one of it. We saw Jason Momoa in the blue costume. People hated, and then we didn't hear another goddamn thing about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably been a nightmare behind the scenes to work at because, again, in that first movie, it felt like they didn't really trust Momoa enough to hold up the whole movie. Mm -hmm. So he had like basically chaperones for every scene he was in. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah, they had uh, Patrick uh, Wilson, they had Willem mm -hmm. Dafoe, mm -hmm. yeah, all these people that were there to help him. <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, what is it? And then for the second one, it's like, oh no, our female lead is kind of controversial right now. Do we have to edit her out of the movie completely? Do we have to recast her? Oh, hey, uh, Momoa is showing <laughs> that he actually can act in other properties. Should we shoot more of the movie with him, maybe? <laughs> yeah, and then we then we had Keaton's Batman in the movie, and now he apparently isn't in the movie because that wasn't where the Flash left off, so we put Affleck back in. But then yeah, we, we changed it again, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's completely fucking We can't decide mess. what Batman we want, and now there's a new guy in charge of the studio and the direction, and he's going to be restarting <laughs> everything anyway. So should we even really bother with this? Because it seems like Aquaman, Aquaman's going to be the last one by the sands of it. Like, it's going to be the final one of this old DC mm -hmm. universe. Yeah, yeah. And again, then the Flash bombed, so they're like, well, fuck, if we can't promote this one that we thought was going to be a big deal, how are we going to promote fucking Aquaman? <laughs> Even though the last Aquaman made a billion dollars anyway, so it's like, what do you worry about? Yeah, well, I I think we talked about this. It's too far gone from that first one, like, too far along. It's been, what, by the time this one comes out, like, five years? Yeah, it's been a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Captain Kuhn helping us down in the comment section. Gal's character got flatlined in the sixth uh, Fast and Furious movie. Again, see, I haven't watched yeah. that many of them, so I don't know. Yeah, but see, she came back in the last one. <laughs> oh, did she? Was that like some post-credit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I truly love that Fast and the Furious is just like the comic book movies now with characters continually dying and coming back to life. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck she survived. She fell out of a fucking plane, you know, onto a moving tarmac and yeah now well, she's alive and in charge of a nuclear submarine well as you're gonna find out in the next one she's actually a clone you see because uh <laughs> it's her sister yeah who yeah, knew because, everything yeah because la car street racers are also fronts for mad so they'll, they'll bring whatever the fuck that mad science group was from hobbs and shaw because that also had fucking super soldiers yeah, for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> like, like again, I want to make jokes about how ridiculous Fast and the Furious is going to get, but they already have super soldiers and already went to space, so, like, literally you can't make any of the jokes anymore. The only <laughs> thing they have left is to go back in time, where Dom Toretto's like, I built the DeLorean, we're we'll going to go back to the future now, and I'm going to save Paul Walker. <laughs> and then you're just making car point at that point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh no, I can't say Paul Walker because you know it's a canon it's, event. It <laughs> yeah, it's a fixed moment in time. Yeah, it needs to, And then Dom Toretto meets all the other multiversal Dom Toretto's. Welcome to the Legion of Doms. <laughs> would you like a Corona? Yes, I would. Corona, 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 Corona. <laughs> there, I just wrote the next seven Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. He's he's paying attention. He's taking notes. Yeah, you're you're welcome, Louis Leteri. <laughs> I I loved when they had like a big premiere, not for the Fast and the Furious movie, but for the trailer for that last one. And uh, what is it? He was sitting there, and he's like, you know, I finally know now the weight of legacy for all of these films that we're making. You know, I feel not unlike Shakespeare and Coppola. I now know the weight of legacy. He said for these silly car movies. <laughs> The weight of legacy, Matt. <laughs> uh, no, uh, oh, actually, uh, uh, Chem Dog mentioned a while back, and I wanted to talk about it again. I didn't put it on our news list, but uh, we uh, we really ripped into Stephen Amell last week yeah. for being a fucking union scab. Yep. I, I think he took our advice, Matt. I think he listened to the show because we said if he really wanted to fix this, it's obvious what he should do. He should just give a big donation to the strikers and then go on the picket line himself and get a bunch of pictures taken. Well, he did the second part. Yeah, yeah. We, we saw photos of him looking very disappointed that he had to be out on the picket line. Mm -hmm. Clearly, clearly his management gave him a talking to that morning and like, do you want to save your fucking career? Because this is the only way it's going to work. And even then it might not work. So unless you want to, what does it be selling your fucking mansion come tomorrow? You better get your ass out there to the strike line and have a lot of nice pictures taken and smile, motherfucker. Well, what, what I found hilarious about it was that I think the same day or maybe the day before, uh, the Arrow cast and writers and everyone got together and did their own sort of picket line and they had like a little <laughs> event. You could get like a free bucket hat and like oh, nice. all, all this cool stuff. And yeah, I don't think he was there at all you know just because because when when he when he came out with those comments i saw people who were actually on his show talking about it, like oh, oh yeah the guy's an asshole <laughs> yeah i feel like whatever mask he had on has truly fallen off right now and that no one who worked with him even has to pretend that he liked that they liked him anymore <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I think this is the end of him. I'm pretty sure Heels ain't getting a third season because even watching the first season of that show, I'm like, oh yeah, this ain't coming back for a third season. Yeah, my favorite was Aaron Ashmore, Jimmy Olsen from from Smallville, rip, ripping into him on <laughs> on, on Twitter. It was like, oh yeah, everything I've heard about this guy, he's, he's a complete dickhead. <laughs> like you said, Matt, totally reframes that famous picture of them all at Ollie's grave yeah. at the end of that crisis <laughs> I, I, crossover. The best thing is, apparently, he fucking hates that picture as well and i'm like yeah i i, I wonder why <laughs> checks out <laughs> everything checks out uh now something that doesn't check out is matt i'm really sorry about this but we're gonna have to talk spider-man news again <laughs> by which i mean spider-man comic news by which i mean it's gonna be disappointing not spider-man cartoon game movie news which is usually yeah. always happy and exciting yeah. or spider-man lotus which twitter is going on about which oh, is hell hilarious it's hilarious <laughs> Okay, you gotta get me up to speed on that. This new story can wait. Did that movie come out finally? It 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 did, and everyone is just like dunking on it, because obviously, like the creator is was revealed to be like the creator and both the stars of it were revealed to be like racists and 
and bigots and yeah shitty people and 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 oh it's hilarious they're like they they're coming up with all sorts of uh like memes about like oh with great white power comes great Mm. racism and it's like oh it's it's hilarious and and the movie itself looks like shit as well apparently it's 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 all about peter trauma dumping on like a cancer infected child sort of thing and yeah yeah really and again it was made by people who understand spider-man better than the movies do you know those type of people of course and didn't didn't they raise like a stupid amount of money didn't they like ride the wave of controversy and like people being mad about other spider-man related things didn't they like raise a stupid amount of money i'm i think so yeah and it looks like most it, of that money got fucking pocketed because it sure wasn't on screen. Yeah, they, they. I think they promoted it as like, oh yeah, this is the real Spider-Man made by real fans sort mm. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit. Also, someone in the chat saying apparently the guy who played Green Goblin also is a child groomer. Well, there yeah. you go. It's yeah, yeah. It was it was hilarious when they when all like the DMs and stuff were were released that that showed like the director was a racist. The director then tried to like like throw another guy uh, under the bus no 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 that he tried to like divert the conversation away but like ah here's a picture of our green goblin who's in our new movie and everyone's like oh that's cool and then like looked in into the actor playing it and it's like oh he's awful as well (laughs) (laughs) so it sounds like everything that could go wrong did go wrong on this production yeah amazing god i can't wait till someone (laughs) does an in-depth video talking about how they shat the bed so hard on that one oh also, apparently the Lotus director didn't pay the storyboard artist and treated the Sounds VFX team right. like shit. Oh, so just like a real Hollywood production yeah. treating the VFX team like shit. He was so, so, like, like method in it. He says, I'm going to be a Holly, racist Hollywood director. Yeah, oh, Captain couldn't remind me too. There was also a Superman fan film that was also yes. going around that was yes. also revealed. Oh, that, that looked fucking awful. Yeah, a bunch of fucking MAGA hat fucking wearers oh, playing Superman and yeah I'm like yeah Jesus. yeah play, play, yeah don that MAGA hat and play an illegal alien yeah yeah really I'm just saying Superman has no papers is all I'm saying <laughs> where's his birth certificate where no one knows and Lex <laughs> Luthor's been yelling about it forever <laughs> I love that joke even made it into Harley Quinn too when yeah. uh when friggin Clark was interviewing him where it's like oh the Daily Planet don't you mean the Daily Superman you know should yeah. you be writing more glowing <laughs> articles about that surely illegal alien <laughs> and then he got stupid fucking hair plugs like every rich guy it's great <laughs> it's good good shit uh, but yeah, what the fuck were we talking about? We had so many things. Oh yeah, Spider-Man news. Uh, so Spider-Man Reign, probably the one of the most hated, most reviled, most famously crappy Spider-Man stories, is getting a sequel, Matt. They Hell yeah. It. Hell they yeah. Announced, they announced it this week, and they gave you a little taste of it in Amazing Spider-Man 31 from this week, which was the big oversized wedding issue. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Now, I don't want to sit here and say I told you so, but I take a certain level of pride in basically this confirming what I have been saying on this show and every other show and Twitter and anyone who will listen, that the Spider-Man office officially does not know what its readers want, doesn't know how to give it to them, so instead they decide to only chase controversy and try and get people to hate read, and I cannot think of a better get people to hate read story than, hey, we're doing a sequel to one of the worst Spider-Man stories ever. The one with the suicide bombing and the radioactive jizz that kills Mary Jane. (laughs) We're doing a sequel to that. (laughs) 
I also feel like this is a not so subtle middle finger to all the people who have spent the last like year and a half saying, you know, we'd like an older, more self-actualized, more mature Spider-Man. And for, you know, Yakira Yoshida up there is like, oh, you want an older Spider-Man, don't you? You want a fucking older Spider-Man? I'll give you an older Spider-Man. Spider-Man reigns too, which was basically <laughs> just them ripping off Dark Knight Returns at the time. <laughs> Would you like that? Would you like that, you little bastards? No. <laughs> I, I further feel, you know, uh, what is it, vindicated by that as well, because they didn't even say who's going to be drawing or writing it. They just said it's oh, coming okay. out. Oh, okay. So they're like, look, don't calm down yet just because Miss Marvel came back and just because it looks like we're done with that Mary Jane story. Don't worry. We still have so many ways to make you mad, Spider-Man yeah. fans. Ethan Van Skyver is coming back to Marvel. Oh, oh no. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> Written by Chuck one. Dixon. <laughs> That's that's going to be the fucking next one, I tell you. They're going to get a really hated, really controversial, right? Well, technically, they already did that with Slot because people spent, like, years saying that he was the worst thing that ever happened to yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then two runs later, they're like, oh, he needs to come back. It'd be great if he came back for this. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, I'm writing it. <laughs> I mean, he'll literally write anything, so I don't doubt it. <laughs> oh, somebody in the chat saying, I thought it was still uh, Carrie Andrews. Maybe it is. Maybe I didn't see that. In fact... I feel dumb because I just read Amazing Spider-Man 31 that gave you like a little taste, but I probably should have checked who was on art and who was on it. <laughs> Oops. Well, I had to read it quick because we had to do the show. Like literally the, the first 22 pages is just the wedding and then they have like several backup stories. But we'll talk about that when we talk about what we read this week. Nice. But yeah, so how, how do you feel about Spider-Man Reigns 2, Matt? Are you ready? You ready to take the plunge? I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I, I've, I've been loving, like, whatever you've been telling me about Spider-Man, this, it's just, it's amazing. Because, <laughs> yeah, because, like, you, you don't read Spider-Man all the time, and oh boy, I'm guessing this makes you want to start, though, doesn't it? It, it really does. <laughs> Because this this will definitely get new people in. It's been it's been great the last couple of couple of months because like obviously like the Superman books are in like their renaissance now. They're all fucking mm. great. And then you mm. look over at like yeah like Spider Man. Everything is just crashing and burning, and it's just like awful. And then you look over at the Batman book, and I'm seeing people starting to turn on that as well because of the Gotham War and and uh, and Catwoman kind of like like strong arming her way into the book as well and everything and they, i'm like oh my god on, what's going on <laughs> they, they were turning on it in the last arc specifically that's when i saw they're like why is every story an elseworld story now why is every story a multiverse i'm like but is it a good story though then yeah. shut the fuck up yeah it's like yeah it's a great story yeah again doesn't matter where or when it takes place is it good yeah again, shut the fuck up Captain couldn't help this. I hope this chat goes through. Also, uh, sing the next big Spider-Man. Spider-Man has radioactive spider spawn. Killed his wife. Yes, he did. Now he's sad. Da da da. Watch out. Here comes the sad Spider-Man. <laughs> Again, everyone, feel free to grab that little snippet there and remix it and remaster it and turn me into a TikTok sound. <laughs> Is he sad? Sure is, bud. Yep. So Spider-Man Rain coming soon. I'm sure everyone will be very excited about it. Don't don't fucking expect me to cover it. I'm just gonna say that right now. I'm already covering one Spider-Man book that's not very good. I'm not gonna pick up more. You can expect me to cover it, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt'll do it. Matt'll do it for the meme. He'll do it for like uh <laughs> for the clicks. I won't. <laughs> I'll I'll just keep reading the main book that I don't like very much right now. Thank you. <laughs> 
though actually as we'll talk this week it's fine and that's probably the most annoying part about it is that it's mostly fine mostly <laughs> it's mostly just fine and uh, hey you know what our third our third and final story this week is also spider-man related if you can believe it i can <laughs> Uh, this week saw the digital release of Across the Spider-Verse, and people were shocked and surprised that they actually changed a very pivotal piece of dialogue in the movie. Apparently, this isn't the only change. People have been finding other changes from... They've been ch seeing changes from different uh, theatrical regions. So, like, yes. America will get a different one than, say, Australia, but then also from theatrical to this digital release. Which is crazy, and it's a problem we've talked about a lot in movies, and that is because it's so easy to update and change a digital file now and everything. Even the movies you see in theaters now, from screening to screening, are different. And, you know, it's made a lot of people think, you know, like, how much is too much, and at what point do you just have to leave the art alone and speak for itself? Yeah, I found it really strange, just because it's like, it's you're patching a movie as, it, as it's yeah. happening, basically. Yeah, which again, it's like, you know, will we ever be able to keep the original version of the movie? I mean, we will, thanks to piracy, but I mean. <laughs> and it, 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 may, it makes me makes me think of like how like this is happening. And th this probably happened more than once as well across movies oh, recently. Probably. And it makes me think about like Last Jedi and how that, yeah. that movie was picture locked three months before release. They didn't touch it for three months. Uh -huh. and, and it's like, where, why have we gone to this this whole thing of like patching movies now yeah and, and, also, and it's such little things as well it's not like it, it they're adding like a whole new scene that helps the flow of story it's just like really little things that you're like who gives a shit yeah i'm dying to know whose idea this is. is is this where george lucas is now is that what they let him do he just spends his days watching movies spider-man films <laughs> we should change that we should change that to him. We'll cut yeah, that cover him right with there. a rock cover him with oh, a rock Make his eyes away. move. Make his eyes yeah, move. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to love it. We, we made some <laughs> bold choices, but it's going to be good. The, the, the big scene that, of course, is getting under everyone's skin, and I can understand it, is they change the very pivotal line of dialogue uh, near, like, the end of the movie when, you know, Miles is having his big fight with Spider-Man 2099, and he says, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going home. Apparently, they cut the I'm going home bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why. Yeah, it does make sense why you would yeah, cut like, that yeah like the movie's already really good why do you need to change it yeah i and, don't and again I, it's such like a small thing it's like why why that line in particular which again makes me want to know whose idea was this who in the creative process who had the power to do this who did that stick in their cross so much to the point that right before the movie came out they're like now nah, we need to get rid of that from what i've heard about him and what we've seen come out after the movie's release this feels like a like a, a lord and miller like mm. nitpick because because they, they were the, i think i think it was more phil lord who wanted like scenes completely rendered out and everything before he like checked them and like like yes, gave notes yes. and stuff and th that this feels like that level of like nitpicky sort of you know getting your hands in the pie sort of thing 
Right. I, I don't understand animation and I'll have the time and artistry that goes into that because I'm too busy on, you know, script and writing and everything. And if I had the power to change this, I would. Yeah, that was probably an argument he had with an artist. An artist was probably like, you can't you can't change this. You can't do this now. The mouth flaps have already been animated. He's like, I'll fucking show you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just it's fine. It'll just it's it's like the the, the, the the meme of like the boomer not understanding. It's like, oh, we can edit the video, but oh, this it's a it's a 10 minute video. Video. that's just going to take you 10 minutes to edit it's like no, no it might take a little bit longer than that because there's quite a bit of moving parts it's like oh no you're just wasting time it just take take 10 minutes to change it something that's every... something that'll take you know a month and a half or something because as any video editor can tell you any one yes. thing you change you have to basically readjust your whole timeline yep yep because even just one second will make it seem off and weird. And apparently that was a problem too in some screenings. There was audio issues that mm -hmm. I didn't even know about. Yeah, they had to, they like re, redid the audio or something in like the opening weekend or something. And yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. So such a strange like thing to do for a movie. And you wonder why these people are striking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they never got paid for any of this. <laughs> no, I bet they didn't uh kt helping us out in the chat there what made me chuckle was spider-verse commentary where they said uh they really wanted fans to see a happy spider-man <laughs> <laughs> also yeah shit is the commentary track for spider-verse good because i don't buy a lot of dvds these days but i would happily listen to the commentary on that one mm. also that's another thing too all these fucking streaming services that we're expected to pay more for why is the commentary not just a choosable option for dialogue? It, it, a commentary or like if there is like a an alternate cut for a film, like I think of like 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 Disney Plus here has Kingdom of Heaven on it. Mm. I'd, I'd like to watch that film again, but I'd only want to watch the director's cut because the director's yeah, cut's so much better, but it's not on there. It's just like the base film. Yeah, hey, who who's got Blade Runner in its hundred different cuts? Yeah, yeah. Where where's the 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 director's cut of Alien? Or aliens yeah. it's a special edition of aliens you know because yeah because yeah there's some movies where it's like i refuse to watch the theatrical cut yeah watchmen another perfect example mm. if i'm watching watchmen nope i only want the super duper director's the cut that ultimate puts cut tales of the... yeah yeah that that's longer and puts tales of the black freighter and absolutely all, that's all i'm gonna watch yeah i want to watch the extended editions of the hobbit and lord of the rings not the fucking theatrical cuts now, I actually think Amazon, which has Lord of the Rings right now in Canada, at least, I think they do actually have. The see here, they're, they're just they're just the normal cuts. Ah, see, that sucks. Because when I first yeah. got my 4K TV, yeah. I'm looking around Amazon yeah. and I'm like, what's good? I'm like, oh, yeah, longer cut hit me. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter to me because I got them on like I got the 4K box sets of them. So it's it's fine. I can just pop them. But still, still. <laughs> Winfred Lee saying there's a really awesome YouTube channel that just posts audio of director's commentaries. Hey, link me to that later, Winford, because I'm going to watch the I shit think out I've of come that. across that one before. Because I remember I used like a YouTube link to like watch the Conan Barbarian audio commentary mm. with the movie and the thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, because because I technically don't think they're breaking any copyright laws no. now. It's like, hey, it's just it's just audio of the directors talking and everything. It's not like we put the whole movie in or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that piece of news, everyone. Spider Verse, some weirdness afoot on that one. At least it makes me glad that I saw it in theaters because you know you can mm. you can change it on the digital, you can change it on the release, but you can't change it in my mind. <laughs> I know what he said. I was there. 
That's that's what I'm going to say now forever. I'm going to tell the younger children, you know, back in my day, the movie was longer and they said a different thing. They said a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Disney Plus has commentary for some select movies, but not all of them. Yeah, and that's the most annoying thing because Disney Plus is so close to being perfect because they will have some behind the scenes and they will have some making ofs and they will have commentary for select movies, but not all of them. And that's such a pain in the ass. Like, why don't they have them all for like, like, I know a lot, a lot of the MCU films have commentaries. Yes. You own them. Why are they not on there? Same with like Star Wars. I know uh, the original three Star Wars films have commentaries, have a bunch of different commentaries because my, my box sets come with like, they have ones from like, like George Lucas and all that. And then ones from like the VFX artists and ones for like, like model makers and stuff like that. So why give us all that sort of stuff? That's really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Very weird. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Again, I think I think it's just laziness. It's them being yeah. like, "Hey, pay us more for our streaming services, but we're not going to give you more bang for your buck." Yeah, maybe maybe that has something to do with it. it's like, "Oh, if we put this on there, we owe these people residuals now or uh, something." And we ain't doing that. Yeah, not on our watch. Nope. Also, also that was a thing just this week. Like most of the streaming services just got more expensive by a yeah. couple bucks. Yeah, yeah, and Bob Iger came out and they're like, "Oh, maybe I." shouldn't have said anything about the strike being disruptive uh, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of hurting us <laughs> yeah they're uh the, the, their demands they're just so unreasonable i'm not going to give up a percent of a percent of my super big ceo paul uh, uh freaking you know uh income just so that these people will get back to work not gonna do it yeah <laughs> Also, man, Iger, talk about dropping the fucking ball. They brought you back in because Chappick shit the bed so loudly and so publicly, and here you are loudly and publicly saying dumb shit. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, literally, all you had to do was just, you know, fucking coax and be like, hey, I'm not that other guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy you like. I'm not the other guy. Hell, he, even like all the like quote unquote failures of the last little bit, he could just been like, oh, that was a Chappick thing. Oh, that didn't make a billion dollars. Blame Chappick. Oh, that didn't, you know, or, you know, that underperformed. Blame Chappick. Yeah. To, to be fair, so it's like, I, I agree with that, but as well, the, there was something also like admirable about him like taking responsibility for that. This well. is true. Again, for people who don't know what we're talking about, there was a thing there that, you know, people asked him like, hey, you know, uh, Indy kind of underperformed. Hey, you know, that Ant-Man movie didn't cross a billion dollars right away. You know, do you think, you know, you have to worry about your movies underperforming and everything? Yeah. And he did take some sort of responsibility for it. But yeah, still, he probably shouldn't have opened his mouth about the, 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 the strikes or anything. I know n- n- you're not going to win by saying anything about the strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anything less than like, yes, we will give them what they want. <laughs> yeah. Except for that. You can say that thing <laughs> again. You, you're not going to win saying anything about it. Just, you know, nod your head, shut the fuck up, move on, maybe capitulate to these demands yeah. already. I don't know why they can't see that that would be a good thing. Cause there are companies out there that have agreed to the terms, which have allowed them yes. to like continue to work and like promote yeah yeah and and neon you can promote work if you work for those companies because they've agreed to it so you'd think that these bigger companies would see that and be like oh okay then we'll just do that and it'll go it'll it'll be fine yeah i don't get it if these little companies can do that why can't we (laughs) yeah it doesn't doesn't make any sense it's all very fucking weird and petty and bullshitty yeah uh, I guess with that, we can hop on over to what we read this week, but because Matt and I barely read any 
different reasons. Me and Barry and my animated work. Matt's had so much other shit going on. Let's talk about my adventures with Superman, the show, because it's just so nice and pleasant and fun, isn't it? it? It's so good, isn't it? This was the big mixy episode this week, and it's probably the biggest, most like creative and like out there episode they've done of the show so far. Like every yeah. episode up until now has been pretty straightforward. This one really shows that, you know, this show and this creative team has shops and has like crazy out there ideas and i loved it yeah at first i was like oh we're doing a we're doing a multiverse thing you know because everything yeah. now since 2019 has to have a multiverse mm. in it and go into the multiverse but i liked the way they 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 tackled the multiverse and everything they didn't just throw you straight into it indeed and also because they tackle it from lois's point of view not yes. superman and yes. we never get to see that how the multiverse would impact you know just regular people and for lois it makes her feel bad she feels like a failure lois because yeah. every lois on every earth is doing better than her yeah everyone's they're like scientists and explorers and pulitzer prize winners all before they're like 21 and they make mm -hmm. it known that she's like 23 she's a little bit older and she hasn't got that pulitzer yet and everything Yep, again, they're all solo adventurers. They've also all, like, repaired their relationships with their fathers yes. and everything. Yes, again, more fucking lampshading about, like, the, the colonel or, or the general, the whatever, general. He, the, whatever his name is. Yes, yeah, it's just going to be, oh. it's going to be Sam Lane. <laughs> also, one of those Lois's got a keyblade. Did you notice that? Yes, yes. She was just, you know, from the Kingdom Hearts universe. I thought that was great. <laughs> again, that's the closest you're going to get to a DC crossover yeah. for Kingdom Hearts. So when enjoy it yeah but no i i liked how they set out this 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 multiverse and and also like sort of implied that like everything that's been in like warner brothers animation from dc is like somewhat canon because we find out that that lois prime quote-unquote is just the fleischer cartoon superman yep. and and Love his it. lois and and she discovered the multiverse and oh so good so good. There's so many there's so many amazing Easter eggs and shout outs like that. The implication that the Mixie of this show is just every Mixie. Yeah, he just looks different in this universe. <laughs> yeah, because he knows of Superman and knows about Krypton and knows shit that this Clark doesn't even know. And we see like a visual history of Superman. Oh, there's the Fleischer one, there's the Timiverse one. <laughs> yeah, there's Super Friends, there's a crab. Yep. yep and a crab just for fun and i'm like oh wow these this team really did their homework and really knew their shit because like there was a point in the first couple episodes where it's like oh you know they're overhauling stuff and you know oh, they're simplifying it by making all the villains tech based but this is an episode where they're like now we love this stuff and we love this and we know it's history backwards and forwards and that's really what this was we get a hundred easter eggs in a superhero museum to other heroes oh, so dr fate's helmet the the, the co cosmos mcstaff oh oh so the Mr. green lanterns yeah oh, so good soul taker the sword also loved this version of mixie because again he's he's a fucking kai from dragon ball yeah. he's goddamn akira toriyama drawing come to life but the actor they get for him has all that madcap cartoon energy that you would yes. expect from someone like mixie yeah it's just like the animated series mixie or like a comic mixie but he just like looks like a dragon ball kai they they also kind of like dispense with the traditional mixy set of like oh you have to test your will against me and you have to say my name backwards to win they actually tell a mm -hmm. whole mixy story without doing that which is kind of interesting yes it's just quite cool yeah 
It is, and it also implies this idea that, yeah, you know, every time Mixie meets Superman, sometimes he's more sinister, sometimes he's just having fun, and then there's times like this where what he wants is, you know, almost outside of Clark completely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wants his hat. He wants his little bowler hat that is the true yeah. source of his power. That gives him his powers and turns him into the Chaos God, yeah. I fucking loved that so much. He's got to level up and become a Chaos God. Yeah, that's good. Uh, just, yeah, so much to love in this episode, and then the big reveal of, like, well, what what were these Loises hiding from our Lois? What did they have? Well, apparently, they seek to imply that maybe this Earth is one of those batters where Lois doesn't become a Pulitzer Prize winner, and maybe Superman goes nuts and evil. Yeah, like how Lois learns that, like, Lois through the episode learns that not every Lois is the same, and there's, like, multiple different types of Loises and everything. She finds there's different types of Superman, and... A lot of them can be evil because we, we, we get uh, glimpses of like the Justice Lord Superman and mm-hmm. what I have to imagine the, the, the main one we see I think is just going to be Ultraman. Yeah. Yeah, because he has that like he has the original Ultraman sort of symbol, which was just like a like a blank shield sort of look. Yeah, so again, so many great shout-outs, so many great Easter eggs and everything. And man, this show really up in its game, only like six, seven episodes mm. in, where it's like, yep, Jimmy and Lois know who he is. Yes, there's evil Superman. Yes, there's other Earths. And that this is yeah. Earth-12, which I had a lot of people saying, but isn't Earth-12 the anime? Yes, it is, but DC reuses Earths all the time. Yeah, and just because this Earth says they're Earth-12 doesn't mean they are Earth-12. Like, they, like it's the, the old thing where every Earth thinks they're prime Earth. Yes. sort of thing yeah which yeah. i kind of like that too where they just throw down the gauntlet being like no no no, this earth isn't even prime or this is yeah. earth 12 that's why everything is different and also hey that's a blank check for them to do more weird stuff in the future and every time you run into a problem just be like yeah it's earth 12 yeah did you also catch that uh, apparently this this was uh the first time any of the other loises and mixie had actually like heard of this earth Yes, I and did. it was all because of uh, last episode and the the the, oh, the, black, the, the the wormhole somehow like ripping open, like exposing it to the multiverse for the first time. Again, nice continuity between episodes yeah. too. So good, so good. Also, uh, Lady Jimmy in this universe not obsessed with psychic apes, but instead yeah, psychic horses, <laughs> psychic horses, which is of course a reference to Comet the Super yeah. Horse. Yeah, it's great. And, and and in the same week too, when Supergirl made her first appearance over on Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, as a what an optometrist. Which is so fucking brilliant. Yeah, you have laser eyes. Of course, you can give people corrective surgery. Yeah, LASIK um, surgery. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why has that not been goddamn Kara's job forever? She'd be so good at it. <laughs> She's had like a million jobs. She's had like a Nightwing level of jobs. She should totally be a fucking optometrist. Yeah, yeah. Also, great uh, redesign of Terra. Terror episode at least. Mm-hmm. Love getting to see that. And also, hey, Swamp Thing and uh, Constantine's uh, kind of shared kid there, Tefe Hollander. Oh, nice. Great use of them in the show, which actually I didn't know this. In that Harley show, uh, Tefe is non-binary and they're voiced by the same person who voiced Jim on Our Flags Mean Death. Oh, that's cool. Very. And I'm like, yeah, of course friggin' Swamp Thing's kid would be beyond gender and everything (laughs) because they're an elemental being. Yeah, yeah. That's so fucking fun. So much good stuff. I cannot believe there's two such great animated shows on polar opposite sides of the comedic spectrum, both it, running at the same time on Warner Brothers. It's right great. Now. You're covering all your bases. 
they're covering all their bases, and it's also like, hey, when that Batman show comes out, that show better also slap right now. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to be doing with that. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw a scenario wherein people were in love with this Superman show so much that they're like, oh, yeah, and there's a Batman show we're working on, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those scenarios where they're like, look, we've had Batman shows, good, bad, and benign there. It's been so long since we've had a really good Superman show to rally behind. As I said before, we're in that Superman renaissance. Everything's like sort of starting to fall in place. The the stink of Snyder is wearing off. We got a great live action TV show. We got a great animated show. We got great comics and hopefully a great Superman legacy movie coming soon. Yeah. And it, it's great to see that people are starting to realize that, oh, Superman can be more than just like an evil guy. Yeah. You know, cause your, your homelanders and, and your Omni-Mans have kind of like sullied that image where it's like, oh, we'll just do that. Or, or at least people finally get it now where it's like, oh, yeah. no, those guys aren't cool. They're like the villains of these stories for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Homeland is meant to be a villain. Oh, yeah. What the fuck did you think? Oh, oh I thought he was like the hero. Yeah. Because he had American cape on. He's yeah. white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, again, is basically all what the boys is about. Where it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm easily lied to. <laughs> again, people like me are the reason that this shit works for as long as it does. <laughs> But, uh, but I did read three comics this week, and the first one I read was Night Terrors. Did you check out Night Terrors this week, Matt? Yeah, it's fucking boring. I liked this one better, if only because it meant that Joshua Williamson could write Damien again. Yeah. Because he's written so much Damien, and this is just like an organic continuation of those stories. Yeah, but like... We just got all the same stuff we've gotten in the last two, two three issues, if you count that special as well. Somnir yep. is frustrated. They want the Nightmare Stone. They're looking for the Nightmare Stone. Okay, cool. We we got it. We got that. Hey, 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 uh, dead man, use your power to look into his mind. That Oh, you mean that super convenient power to move the plot forward because we have no clues and nothing else to go on? Yeah, do that. Yeah. Even though it's dangerous, even though he found us the last time we did it, yeah, we'll do it again because this is the only way we can piecemeal out information about yeah. Insomnia. I don't get the drip feeding of, of, of Insomnia's origin. Like, why are they, do they keep drip feeding? It's like, okay, last issue we learned his last name was Lucas and he was in Arkham and he, he gets real mad when mentioned the Justice League. This issue we see him at a survivor's meeting his for, name is Christopher. yeah, his name is Christopher. Uh, he goes mad when he hears about the Justice League because they, his eyelids off. they apparently did something that ended with maybe his family dying or leaving him or something. Again, just, know fucking tell us <laughs> joshua williamson is really really confident that when he reveals this it's gonna blow your fucking mind apparently i i as much as i love like his work on i, I like his dark crisis infinite frontier and superman but, but like come on come on <laughs> insomnia He's... this new villain is gonna have this amazing backstory which is just gonna make everything so much better it's it's not it's not he seems he seems really convinced uh, i do like that they brought in the house of horrors because they already mm -hmm. did house of secrets house of mystery hey what's the other house in print in dc comics oh house of horrors which is fairly new and only only in the house of uh, horrors do the dead dream so only there could we find the nightmare stone which was actually in dead man all along apparently yeah with no hints at that beforehand <laughs> Yeah, before writing, except for the fact that Dead Man is, like, the main character. And, like, I kept yeah. waiting for someone to say that. It's like, yeah, we hid it in the dreams of the dead because the dead do not dream, except for in the House of Horrors where the impossible is possible. Yeah, yeah. 
And then they got it, but also apparently a, Insomnia is in Dead Man now because it's like a part of yeah. being printed on you and part that, imprinted on them. That was real. I was really confused by that because it was because I thought like, okay, so the Nightmare Stone is now possessed Dead Man who's possessing Batman, but then it also kind of looked like Insomnia who was trying to break into the Hollow, which is that place where the House of Horrors is. So is it Insomnia possessing Dead Man possessing the Nightmare Stone possessing Batman? Oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> The, the answer is I'm sure none of it will matter. <laughs> yeah, Beast Wars comes, Beast World comes out in a couple of, you know, months. It's, it'll be fine. Everyone will forget. <laughs> yeah, the answer is none of that matters. And judging by just the what is it, the amount of views on these videos, most people have already written off Night Terrors. Yeah, yeah. Boy, boy, did they back the wrong horse on this one. Never have I seen people give up on a, an event so hard so quickly. It, like, I want to like it because it's like focus. It's focusing on characters we never really see. Dead Man, Sandman, all these like interesting characters get their chance to like actually lead an event. And I like it. I think it was this issue. Dead Man actually says like, "I'm not cut out for this. What the fuck? I'm just yeah. a dead trapeze artist. I, I'm not, you know, leading events or anything. I don't do yeah. this." But yeah, it's just so like I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I know. They, care. They don't give you a lot of reason to care. And also, I stand by what I said. It came out at the worst possible time. Mm. People were enjoying their Dawn of DC stories. People were mm. really into it. And so many of them got cut off at the knees to do two months of this. A lot got cut on that second issue. Yes, most did get caught up yeah. on their second issue. Titans, Green Lantern, so many books yeah. that should be big, big freaking headliners got cut off at just like freaking issue too yeah. and then other books like even the superman book we were liking had to wrap up that metallo story really quick because we were going into this yeah you could have just you could have done night terrors but just you didn't need any of the tie-ins you could have just done it as like a four issue mini which was which was really contained or something you and know where joshua williamson does his best work i yes. truly think he came to them with this pitch to be like another infinite frontier to be a, another justice league incarnate and they're like oh that's so great we're making it an event and he's like oh i, I didn't plan for that yeah have five tie-ins a week yeah yeah again that will take over everything and fuck when batman is underperforming for christ's sake yeah geez then everything is up. But yeah, the second that Batman video failed to like, all, like just narrowly crossed a thousand, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing any more of these. <laughs> Which is fine because I have just like a ridiculous amount of Marvel books I need to cover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you have, Matt? What else did you have? Uh, on your I had Superman's 2023 annual. Didn't read this yet. Plan to did yeah. uh, breeze through it a little bit. Yeah, it's not nightmare night terror Good. related at all at all thank it, fuck thank god uh it's actually also kind of not superman related either because oh. it focuses on uh lois lane and the bullpen of the daily planet ah right because she's in charge now yes she's the editor-in-chief and we get to catch up with the bullpen and sort of it, it introduces us to the to the new bullpen which is a combination of you know the old guard you know your ron troops cat grants uh, oh, Steve, Ron came back finally. Yep, Steve Lombards, all them, along with newer characters like Trish Q, uh, Miko Okagawa from the New 52, uh, right. Lisa Lombard, which is Steve's uh, sister. Right. Uh, all these characters coming together, and, and uh, the backdrop is that Superman is out fighting Toy Man, and wow. uh, Lois is, is not really too interested in covering the Toy Man <laughs> story because uh, she says that Clark's dealing with it. 
<laughs> I like that. Um, um, but she wants to cover like a bunch of these other stories that have been cropping up around uh, Metropolis. Like Lex Luthor was apparently a, a, a hero in his youth. There's That's a bunch right. of bunch of new villains and secret lairs that are cropping up that Superman didn't Marilyn even know Moonlight. about. Yeah, Marilyn Moonlight, all this sort of stuff. And she's got interviews with Livewire and Supercorp and all that sort of stuff. And she wants to hear from her bullpen about what they want to tackle. And each of them want to tackle like their usual route. Steve wants to tackle the sports and uh, Trish wants to tackle the new housewives of Metropolis. And, you know... <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie. I would watch uh, the Housewives of Metropolis. There's a, I would totally. There's a great that. joke about her her getting uh, upset that Lois doesn't want to cover that, and it's just because Lois wasn't asked to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that'd be a fucking awesome show. I'm not gonna <laughs> um, but what uh, Lois ends up doing is she ends up giving them each other's stories. So Steve oh. is to go. Steve is to go to Strikers Island to interview Livewire and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jimmy and Lisa are to go to Supercorp to interview Mercy Graves and find out about Supercorp and all these really cool stories. Cat Grant is meant to go on a ride along with the new chief of police, Kakoa. Uh, she's, she's working the crime beat. They sent a yeah. gossip reporter to work yeah. the crime beat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, she actually ends up getting quite a bit of character development this issue. Feels like they haven't done much with Cat in a long yeah. time. Uh, and it's all couched in the fact that Toy Man is attacking the city because if you remember, Toy Man killed her son in the 90s. So she's oh, heavily distracted by the fact that Toy Man is back and wreaking havoc on the city she lives in. Fuck. And um, also, Toy Man looks like his 90s cartoon counterpart. Yes, he's a big robot. Love it. Um, But yeah, so we pick up with uh the strikers island story first steve doesn't go to strikers island he just sits there eating donuts telling lois to go do it herself and Naturally. because he's got tenure she does and she's she's more than happy to go and do it because it gets her out of the office and away from everyone so she goes and interviews livewire and during the interview uh they're walking through gen pop and and uh robinson good the the red cloud from the invisible mafia overhears that lois uh, got a promotion to editor-in-chief and she's really fucking pissed at that and ends up breaking out to try and kill Lois and Lois has to team up with Livewire and and it's it's cool it's it's a fun little team up Livewire only does it because she knows it'll get her views and subscribers Naturally. and and they end up defeating the villain and and Lois ends up giving her a guest column in the Daily Planet <laughs> which is really cool I, uh, I bet Red Cloud was really pissed off. She was like, I was a big deal when I was first invented. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, yeah, so you ruined my life. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Was, also, she worked at the paper too yeah, for a minute. That That's why she, 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 she hates Lois because Lois ruined her life and it was always, you know, it was always focusing on Lois and Lois would always win awards for everything. And, and, and yeah, it, it's I, pretty cool. I, I forget the origin they gave Robinson good. Was she actually ever a real journalist or was she just pretending to be one so she could infiltrate the paper? I think she did. She was, and she was corrupted by the invisible mafia. And when she got her powers, what a, what a forgettable era. I'm I glad know. you remembered. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we pick up with that story, then we head over to Supercorp, and the Supercorp stuff doesn't really reveal anything new. It's just sort of a catch up on like if people want to know what the deal is with that. Right. Um. So we, Jimmy and and Lisa are talking with Mercy. We find out that Parasite is now working with I saw uh, that. with him. He's on day release. He's in his like suit and he's like carrying boxes. Around. Yeah, it. it's pretty cool. Um. Lisa is 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 kind of wary about Mercy because she you know worked with Luther for all those years, and now suddenly she's like gung-ho with superman and it's like 
very strange and then they also reference the fact that she still has her powers from the lazarus reigns and she's she's kind of a bit more machine now than woman uh because of it which is pretty cool uh again doesn't really tell us anything new or, or interesting uh then we have the 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 police beat with with cat grant and she goes along with kakoa kakoa who he's, he's his new character but we've barely gotten anything about him and yeah that's right they introduced him like in issue one didn't they yeah yeah and and here we don't really get much at all out of him either other than the fact that he's very jim gordon and that he's like by the book and and it's like he, he wants to catch the bad guys and everything he, he's got a design too that definitely says like i'm going to be important later yeah, or they put it, a lot of he time stands into out. my design he stands out yeah like like i'm a real character i'm not just a background yeah. player yeah uh so they end up going in pursuit of like a bank robbery and marilyn moonlight shows up and oh, uh, ends up stopping the bad guys and cat tries to corner her for an exclusive and we learn a little bit about Marilyn and that she was hurt by the city some in some way and wants to like make sure that doesn't happen again and Kat ends up relating to her because obviously her son was killed by Toy Man the city hurt her as well and she has found in in recent years that talking to therapists and her co-workers and friends has helped alleviate that pain and maybe she can be that confidant to Marilyn to talk to and she ends up getting a big exclusive with Marilyn Moonlight we don't actually nice. hear to see the story but we see it on the front page of the newspaper yeah they keep um, implying there's going to be a time travel story for superman in yeah. the not so distant future yeah speaking of superman he he ends up coming back to the daily planet and wants to write his story and we find that that through all this lois has been investigating lex's past and digging mm. up old like stories and we found that he she found all the stories of lex's past as a hero are true oh, shit. but the stories were buried and they were buried but by why they were buried by perry white oh shit why would he do such a thing i don't know but also perry is now running for mayor of metropolis oh that's a good uh direction for him yeah ron troop discovers that when he when he he, he ron is like really uh apprehensive about covering the election because no one's going to challenge the the like the, the like five term you know kind of corrupt m metropolis mayor now i i kind of hate because in that jimmy olsen book it was established that the mayor is a tyrannosaurus rex yeah i was but, gonna say but it's not really here it's, it, it's not here shit. it was just, god damn it you retconned it yeah um, you, you had a chance joshua williamson <laughs> yeah they, they're trying to figure out why he would bury that we also learned that uh toy man was also um wasn't actually behind any of this attack on the city it was all dr graf and and farm uh who would use his technology and we find out why they used his technology they wanted his technology so they could develop a syringe that is powerful enough to uh, pierce Lobo's skin because they've <laughs> captured Lobo and they took a, a drop of his blood to kind of confirm something they had a suspicion on in that someone is tracking Lobo's DNA. Oh, and, I think I know who. Yeah, it's Brainiac. Of course it is, because we're setting up for a big Brainiac event later. Yeah, not only that, but we find we find out that this entire book, this entire book has been uh, Brainiac reviewing recent data logs from Earth. He's been spying on Earth um, for some reason, and we find out that he actually has a bottled city of Zarnia on his <laughs> ship. So Lobo, Lobo is not the isn't only is in the last Zarnia and he wants to use these miniature bloodthirsty 
people to help get him something on earth that seeks to imply that if when he gets it he will no longer be the last kaloan mm, yeah. how about that yeah and he's got doomsday dogs as well I saw that. I saw the Doomsday yeah. dogs. I'm like, that's pretty good. That's yeah. that's like David Bowie's Diamond Dogs, but they're Doomsday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, so, yeah. it's setting up the big new event or big new story arc that's apparently going to start next issue. Yes, and having Brainiac be really big and really scary. Again. Yeah, hell yeah, about time. It's been a long been... time, a long yeah, fucking was... time. Yeah, what was the last time we saw Brainiac? Was that like when Scott Snyder was writing the Justice League? I want to say it he was. was on the Legion of Doom and then like disappeared very quickly. And then before that, it was holy shit, somewhere in the New Fifty Two, I think. Yeah, that yeah that. Uh, what was the one like before that? The big crossover story where they all had to work together and they were all color coded teams and everything. Yes, uh, Unity. Yeah, Justice League Unity. I, I was confused because it came out around the same time as No Surrender, No Way Home. Or, yes. No, it was Justice League No Justice. No Justice, yes. Yeah, Unity was the one after it. That's right, yes. Yes, that's right. Justice League No Justice coming around the same time as No Surrender. It was, yes. a, really, it was a really interesting time in comics when every title had no in the title. Yeah, we need more of those Avengers No Surrender books from Jim Zub and all them. They were great, weren't they? They're probably they were. the most enjoyable Avengers has been in a long time. Yeah, they were cool. I am liking the new Jed McKay series. I haven't gotten to read the new issue yet, but I like the ones that preceded it. It's pretty good. He has an interesting take on Avengers where it's like, yeah, they're a team and they're the best and they're really good at everything. But that also means sometimes they have to fight like uh, solo mm -hmm. to like to to really have it all come together to be a team. You have to also be capable of fighting solo and working towards the same objective. And I'm like, yes. oh, that's an interesting way to write it. It's cool. Yeah. And also, I'm sure it's easier on the artist, too, because he doesn't have to draw a hundred fucking characters yeah, on like, one page. Okay, this page is just focusing on Black Panther, and this one, Captain America, yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and uh, the last book I read this week, uh, you talked about your big Superman collection. I will talk about the big Spider-Man collection. I read Amazing Spider-Man 31, the big wedding issue for Janice and, uh, what is it, and Randy Robertson. Okay. And Spider-Man's there, too, I guess. <laughs> Which is basically how you could sum up all these last couple Spider-Man issues, and Spider-Man is there too, I guess. <laughs> uh, they actually do a great job picking up a thing that X-Men was laying down. Yeah, right? Yes, by saying that uh, everyone knows Kingpin is alive again and he's back in New York as part of the Hellfire Club. Mm -hmm. So Tombstone and all the other gang bosses are like, oh no, he's back and he's going to be all pissed off and he's going to want to kill us and take our territory. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And he's going to be really mad at you, Tombstone, because you wouldn't let his son, the Rose, join our little inner circle there and everything. So he's definitely going to want to kill you. And Tombstone's <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. You're all coming to my daughter's wedding because you're basically the closest thing I have to friends. So you're all going to be there. <laughs> and if you're not there, I will take it as a personal slight against me. <laughs> so that's a story. Then we have all the bachelor parties. Uh, what is it? Janice and uh, the Sinister Syndicate, all the lady villains. They take over a bar and they like table flip a bunch of Karens and everything. It's pretty fun. Yep. And they just get drunk and smashed and destroyed. And Felicia Hardy joins them eventually. <laughs> and they're like, we don't know if we like her. Ugh, she can't sit with us. She's, you know, dating a superhero. We can't have that. But Felicia is like the most exciting, most fun person. So they're all like dancing and drinking and having a great time two seconds later. <laughs> also, White Rabbit is there. What the fuck is White Rabbit getting so much page time? <laughs> 
I it's, really it's so think... strange because I remember her through like the Nick Spencer run, yeah, and like how they tried they they tried so hard to make her like a like a like a villain to to Spider Man. She was like she was like gun running or something, and yeah, she, 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 yeah. She, she's, she also wears the ears out in public, and also why would Janice be friends with her? She's literally her dad's number two. Yeah, it does not make much sense at all. Uh, yeah, they fucking hang out with Felicia and they have a blast with her. Meanwhile, uh, Peter takes uh, Randy to uh, Atlantic City, which is shitty Vegas, <laughs> because he's bad at planning bachelor parties. And also, none of Randy's other friends showed up because he's marrying a supervillain. <laughs> so it's just Peter. And at first, he gets mad at Peter, thinking like, oh, you know, you're always making this about yourself, Peter. You're always showing up late and leaving early. Can't you just have one night that's about me? I bet you didn't even call any of my other friends. Turns out he did, and they forgive each other, and they ride the fucking carousel in Atlantic City. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a thing that happens. <laughs> uh, and the wedding, too, it's like, oh, you know. Oh, oh no, wait, actually, I forgot another big thing. Before the wedding, uh, Black Cat actually breaks up with Peter. Oh, I, I did see, like, like people leaking this, like, a week ago, yeah. Yes. Saying exactly what I've been saying the whole time, that it's like, why are we even together? What do I even see in you? You just talk about your ex. I deserve so much yeah. better than you. We, you. we both need relationships, not projects right now. And I'm like, well, what the hell was the point of even putting them together if you were just going to break them up? Exactly. I mean, you are right to do it, but, like, why? <laughs> uh friggin tombstone gets attacked at the wedding and the assassin actually has bullets that can hurt him Ooh. and that fucks everything up and that's kind of the end of that and then we have a dozen different backup stories setting up different spider-man stories nice nice y you got doc ock being like oh i can't solve this equation i bet the superior spider-man could solve this equation i should become the superior spider-man again yes i should become him by september in yeah, a different book a completely yeah. separate from this one <laughs> yeah go, go go read that also <laughs> some someone kidnapped spider woman's baby want to know more about that read spider woman <laughs> fucking women and children really getting it in the goddamn spider-man books the last it, sound, bit, it, huh? it sounds like it yeah yeah so she's got to do that uh they set up the spider boy thing there from dan slot i didn't really give a shit about that because i haven't been reading that book uh oh uh Ma uh friggin kamala and peter finally have a sit down because peter has to explain how kamala died because she doesn't remember because of the mutant resurrection protocols yeah i do love in that hellfire gala book they're like hey if you want to know more go ask spider-man it's his fucking problem <laughs> And she did. And literally, it's just Spider-Man fucking trauma dumping and unburdening himself. And she's like, that's okay, Peter. I forgive you. Because he also kind of is like, but wait, before you get too mad, uh, it's me, Peter Parker. So she now knows his secret identity. Oh, that's good then. I I, I assume she knew beforehand, but yeah. Tur turns out she didn't know. And it's also like, what? well, I guess she can't stay mad at you now, huh? Can't she, Peter? Yeah, yeah that that's his trick. It's when in doubt, just reveal your identity and it'll it'll just completely deflect from whatever is actually going on. And I'm just like, what a, what a nothing this ended up being. Like, we yeah. brought her in the book and killed her so Spider-Man would be sad. But now he doesn't have to be sad anymore and only yeah. under like a month later. Yeah, and then and then like the like the week after her death and that big that big funeral mm -hmm. issue, the mutants are like, ah, oh, we'll just wipe everyone's memory so it never happened and you're back alive now and it's fine. Holy fucking mishandled. And the fact that like Miss Marvel's not even angry at all about anything. No. She's like, nah, it's fine. I get to be an X-Men now, whatever. Yeah, it's so fucked. 
My so my fucked. family doesn't remember I died. It's all cool. Literally nothing matters. Yeah, but I remember, and that's not going to have any effect on me or my, you know, nah. my psyche or anything. No, no, nah, not at all. Nah, nah. Everything's cool. Also, Mary Jane becomes jackpot. Felicia gives her the costume and says, I know you're really sad about your dead children who didn't even exist at all. And it's taking a real, uh, you know, toll on your marriage and your relationship and everything. But you know what you should do? What everyone else in this universe does when they have problems. You should be a superhero. <laughs> Cover it up with a bad costume. Basically, yeah. Yeah, her costume is so bad. It looks like a fucking blackjack dealer. And I get that's what they're trying to say because she's jackpot. She has gambling, uh, you know, powers. <laughs> she has, she has gambling problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what they should do. My don't, superpower don't... is being addicted to gambling. I am being in so much dead. debt. <laughs> you, you don't even know. They're going to take my house and break my thumb. <laughs> and yeah, that was fucking Spider-Man. The main story was fine. The other ones were kind of fucking tiring. Yeah, that sounds sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like a modern spider-man doesn't it? it's like well this is all right and this was all bullshit <laughs> yeah i i had one more book yeah go for it uh there's a mortal x-men issue 14 ah, i read this too yeah this was uh like a big sort of aftermath of of the hellfire gala and everything mm -hmm. and catches up with with Shaw and what he's been up to and yep. uh we find out that he's turned himself not into a mutant with uh i guess orchard's tech yeah, they have. Uh, they were given medicine to people to take away their powers. Yeah. And he's like, "Yep, I'll do it to strengthen my deal." He he has a great moment. Someone in my comment section described as, "I'm not a mutant. I'm OJ. I can get away with anything." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's eager to get into business because he owns Krakoa now, and but he doesn't have money. He finds that someone else owns that, uh, and that someone is, I believe, Mother Righteous. And he goes to see her, and she's like, oh, "Summoning her through a pentagram." Yeah, as he I, does. I'm magic, so fuck you, sure, you're just human now, so you can't be part of the Hellfire Gala, and he gets, like, kicked out of it, yep. and he's like, right, well, I'm gonna go create my own Hellfire Gala with Blackjack and Hookers. And uh, you better, too, because uh, there's a new white king in the New York Hellfire Club, and it's Wilson Fisk. <laughs> it's Wilson Fisk, yeah. He's um, already planning to get revenge on you for everything. <laughs> So you got no money, a new antagonist, and freaking Emma shows up as a giant psychic projection yeah. in her old costume. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You fucked up, son, is what you did. You're now right on the mutant shit list. Yeah. Did, did you read the supplement materials that, like, detail, like, his, his like, three-step plan? Because it's fucking yep. hilarious. It's he's like, oh, we're just going to, like, sell everything that's not nailed down. If Krakoa's still asleep, we'll just mine it from resources, take everyone mm -hmm. out of the pit, sell them off to Orchis if they're worth yep. anything. You know, it, yes. <laughs> it just, just completely, it's just like a corporate raider. <laughs> yeah, D Doug isn't around anymore, so who's the island going to tell? And it's him and his fucking Speedo and Selene yeah. out on the boat being like, yeah. all right, time to strike the island for resources. Uh, actually, there's a creature on the island that keeps killing anyone we send. And I'm like, oh, are they talking about Wolverine? No, they're talking about Xavier. Yeah, Xavier, who's still on that beach and has been in there but looks to be like for quite a while because he's got a beard now big and, gross hobo beard and uh yeah he, he's been like killing everyone any orchard member who comes onto the island with like giant like i guess psychic monsters he's created yep. uh, and yeah he he's uh the gloves are off now he's he's done and i like that that final page of him we, we get the the infamous no more uh yeah, no for, more. For, from xavier this time and uh yeah 
it's pretty it's pretty i i i uh, i'm really excited because like i'm like no you you deserve everything that's coming to you xavier but then i'm also like fuck yeah revenging xavier trying to like kill his way through orchards that's pretty fucking cool it's it's a pretty good mix isn't it someone also pointed this out to me too saying wow xavier is literally living that old adage no man is an island because he literally is a <laughs> one-man island now yeah he's population one on on krakoa <laughs> Both literally and figuratively. And the last big sting in that one is like, hey, remember Exodus and the Five and all those other big uh, mutants fell through portals and everyone's like, oh, they're dead, they're dead. And you and I are like, no, they're fucking not. And this issue showed that, no, they're fucking not. Yeah, yeah. And and Exodus um, gets really excited because he gets to fulfill his whole Moses leading mm-hmm. the people through the desert for 40, for years. 40 years. And he, you could just tell he's just so excited. And yeah, and, like, yeah. <laughs> everyone is worried. Destiny's freaking out. I can't yeah. see the future. Hope. I don't know how to help all these people. And Exodus is like, move aside. Time yes. for me to shine. Yes, I, I, I was born for this. <laughs> I, I have dreamed every night and whacked off to this very scenario. <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, what is it? I think the last record for uh, marginalized and oppressed people wandering the desert was 40 years. So, you know, let's see if we can't beat that. Maybe do it in 35. <laughs> let's get to it, everyone. Let's get walking. <laughs> but but I guess, they, yeah, they're on like a some sort of alien world somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. Or some part of Earth we don't know. That's the big mystery. They could be in space. Yeah. They could be on Earth. They could be another dimension. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. KT, these books sounds interesting, but I'll save my money and wait for them to be on Marvel Unlimited. Can't blame you, man, with the yeah. cost of living the way it is right now. If this was not our jobs, we would probably have to do the same thing if we weren't writing this shit off on our taxes. Exactly. As you know, we need it for work. We'd probably be right there next week, we, man, I tell you. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so X-Men continues to be pretty dope in this fall of X era. It really does. It really does. I'm, I'm eager to read um, Children of the Vault because I flick through it and it looks like it's exactly like what I thought was going to happen, which is the Children of the Vault come out. They realize the X-Men are, are being like fucked over. So they're like, they're like, OK, well, we're just going to be heroes to humanity now and, and fuck over the X-Men even more. Oh, see, I didn't even know that was the pitch. That is an interesting pitch. I'm pretty sure that I was just flicking through and they do create like a superhero team that ends up like helping humanity and going against the x-men and then cable and bishop are there as well yeah forge yeah forge yeah yeah i didn't know who the main characters of that one was going to be and i'm like "Mm, i'm loving fall of x but do i love it enough to read these children of the vault stuff because i liked the children of the vault stories and they got Mm. a lot of play in the hickman era and beyond i'm like do they like do i like them enough though to read a whole book about them (laughs) it's it's pretty interesting cable's there to be to be uh, i guess like the x-men uh you view from it and they're like raiding facilities and stuff i think he gives but goes back to like his old costume as well because he has course. to he has broken out of like a gulag or something and get, right. has to I, go go back to his 90s warehouse and, and get all his shit <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say cable is gonna be a grounding force <laughs> <laughs> Because electricity. Here's the thing, too. People are probably wondering what the fuck happened to Wolverine. Well, apparently he's over in the Spider-Man annual, not Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, which is part of the bigger uh, contest of chaos, which is a fucking Agatha yeah, Harkness story. I, I fucking learned about this this week as well, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is going? There's like, how many events are going on right now at Marvel? But because Wolverine is pulling double, triple duty, he's there, and then he's also over in the Benjamin Percy Weapons of Vengeance Ghost Rider crossover. And yes, that is right after the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. that's He went right from, like, the New Mutant Massacre to hanging out with Ghost Rider. Yeah. 
He's busy, Logan. Also, yeah. X-Force is coming back, but not right away, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Crazy times for X-Men. Speaking of X-Men, uh, do we want to talk about what's coming out this week? Yeah, let's. There's a lot of good X-Men books. There's Daredevil number 14, which, yep. I thi- which I think this might be the finale. Yep, this is the finale. This is the Chip Zdarsky finale for Daredevil. Yeah, So okay. that's going to be pretty fucking huge. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest 18. Nice. Nice. They, they, this this one's going to be cool because this is the 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 origin of how Batman and Superman met each other, as as told by Wade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, X Men Red fourteen. So we're going to finally get to see what the fuck's going on with this Civil War and oh, Genesis God. and Apocalypse fucking stuff up, and they got all these brand new refugees, which Storm doesn't seem to give a shit about. She's like busy fighting a war now. Yep. Uh, we got Star Wars Darth Vader 37. This is a continuation of Dark Droids, and it actually looks like young Obi-Wan and young Qui-Gon are on the cover. Ooh. Uh, Invincible Iron Man Annual, number one. It's uh, him facing Storm on the cover. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that's about, but should be interesting. Uh, here's for the X-Men titles. Uncanny Avengers, number one, drops this week. Ooh. And Dark X-Men, number one, also drops this week. Which one's Dark X Men? Who's who's the team in that? Is that the team we we saw in 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 X Men? Uh, well, this is the Madeline Pryor team. Remember, because mm. she owns the embassy now, so they Orchis literally couldn't go after her, and mm. also because she's technically a clone of a mutant. So where does that fall in? Is she breaking Orchis's rules by being a clone of a mutant? That's true. Yeah, I wonder. I truly, truly wonder. Uh, pfft, uh what else is going on that week? Uh, more night terrors. Who gives a fuck? Uh, Batman Percents White Knight, which I kind of dropped off on. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. This uh, okay. this this one's this one seeks to imply Mr. Freeze might be coming back or a Mr. Freeze esque character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot Girl Number Two. You and I both actually liked Hot Girl Number One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't know when I'm gonna find time to read all these books, but I'm gonna try. <sighs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I want just want another week where it's just like four books. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Penguin number zero, which is a collection of a bunch of Chip Zdarsky backups for the Penguin, which is going to be important because the Tom King Penguin series starts soon oh, to coincide with that show. That's that's right. Yeah. It, oh, man, it was so fucking weird because, yeah, he did all those like backups in the Batman. And then, yes. the, yeah, they're tying into this Tom King one that's mm. coming out, which is that anything to do with that, that one bad day thing? They had? No, I no? don't think so. I think it's its own Cause he, thing. Because he wrote that one, didn't he? Yes, he did. I think. Well, they all <sighs> wrote those, but but he wrote <sighs> Riddler though, Tom King. Oh, I thought he wrote uh, Penguin as well. Oh, maybe. No, he didn't. no, 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 no. That was uh, that was the guy we like who wrote Penguin. Penguin was one of the good ones, actually. Okay, I didn't. I didn't fucking read any of them. <laughs> it was. It was good, actually. It was one of the. It was fairly fun. I think it was not Christopher Priest, but it was one of those guys we like who wrote that. Okay. But yeah, it was actually pretty good. It was just a Kingpin story. It was just a Kingpin story starring Penguin is all it was. <laughs> it was actually pretty dope. Uh, but yeah, so we got that going on. And yeah, I think that's basically all the books for this week. Right. Cool. We have a fucking another busy week. I know, right? And I have no time because I still have shit from this week. I'm not going to be and able to catch. And last week. And last week, yeah. Fuck. I know. It's it's and like, But I can't complain, though, because the freaking Harley and Superman videos are doing so well. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I can't complain because I'll have a nice chunk of change this week, but also I'm following my books. Books are my bread and butter. <laughs> I might have to do longer videos at some point because I'll be doing this at least. I, I think Harley is 10 episodes, and I think uh, the Superman show is a little longer. Yep. 
But yeah, so there's the show this week for everyone. Also, uh, I guess uh, Tevya did a super chat too. Why does Marvel hate Peter Parker and Mary Jane? Again, you ask that same question all the time. Oh, Tevye. nice. I don't know what to it, it, it finally came through. <laughs> yeah, it finally came through. I don't know what to tell you. I just saw that one late right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's what we got going on. You got anything else coming for the week, Matt? Anything at all? No, I'm just going to be catching up on some books <laughs> that I've missed yeah, over the last I mean, two weeks. <laughs> I, I truly wish that there were more days in the week because oh, I no. can really only put up one video a day. I wish there was more days in the week. And I'm like, well, do I get them done and do I save them? Well, there's still no point because they're still going to be old by the time I get them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I just wait and do them all as one big video? Ugh, just, just No one wants to hear about my plight, but that's what I'm going through. <laughs> Not a, not enough hours in the day, but I guess that's good. When you got a project and you're feeling fulfilled, there's just not enough hours in the day. There really isn't, no. <laughs> and you know, and when it sucks, it's the other way around. Every day just goes on for fucking eternity. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, all right. So thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We really appreciate it. Hey, we did like another hour and a half too, so you can't say we shortchanged your show this. Yeah, out of nothing, I thought the show was going to be like a little bit shorter than that. Yeah, yeah. We we always think that, and then it always ends up going for way fucking longer. Anyway, it's okay. very rare that we do a short show. It's okay. Yeah, sure to check out Blacktooth Publishing, everyone, and Omari Malik there again. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. If you all wanted to sponsor the show, you can email me with whatever project you got going on. And we'll, uh, we'll we'll work it out you know yeah depending on depending on how long a, fran, a fan you've been and if i know you by name i'll give you the friend price <laughs> i'll give you the friend I, i'm flexible man i will give you the friend price i can be bribed is all i'm saying yeah what will you do for a dollar yeah what, what, what you do for a klondike bar <laughs> you don't want to know you don't want to know <laughs> Yeah, Cam Dog's saying, you know, you'll do Hulk uh, 2 and 3 when it comes out. Yeah, probably, because I don't want to fall back on Hulk, because I love yeah. Hulk. I I want to. I haven't even covered the first issue of that, and I want to. It's good. It's real good. It's Phil Kennedy Johnson bringing the heat and bringing the thunder. That's, that's like why I want to cover it. It's Phil Kennedy Johnson. He, he's amazing. It's a horror story again, yeah. too. They're picking up everything that, uh, that Ewing left behind and on the table. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. We're rambling now. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. See ya.